Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Stephen the Warman Writes Kickfighting Podcast Show. I'm your host, Stephen the Warman. You're going to see me on the regular platforms, uh, the particular the blog, lordgaul.podbean.com, or you can catch me on iTunes, uh, in which you enter Warman Kickfighting Show, and my show pops right back up. So I'm back. I've been gone for a while. I've been working on a lot of video projects. Um, and, you know, I love kickboxing, but I was definitely in a spot where I was like, man, are we going to get anywhere close to what we used to be? But I realize my role in this thing is just to keep bringing you guys kickboxing action. I love the sport. Anytime I'm on Twitter and a video pops up of a KO that I remember, I just immediately retweet and it just takes me back. So I want people to love and fall in love with kickboxing the way I love and fell in love with kickboxing. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, get back into it. And I don't know where this thing leads. All I know is I'm going to make much of kickboxing and Muay Thai all of my life. Like that's that's what I want to do. I really enjoy it. So um Gonna go ahead and get into. I made my year in kick fighting highlight. Uh, another thing that took me a little while to get to. I've been doing a lot of projects. I've been working with a lot of American football stuff that I've been videos that I've been working on. So I'll go ahead and revisit that, and then I'm gonna get to some glory news and then some uh, one championship results. So first, I'm gonna get get started with my fighter of the year, Masaki Nori. Now. Of course, you guys know I love Masaki Nori, and I've been calling him, you know, I, I remember when I first uh, started doing the podcast, there was um, writers that would call someone your son if you got them really early. If you found them, the the fight prospect early, you'd be like, that's that person's son, because they've been talking about that person forever. Well, I've been talking about Masaki Nori since he was on the Koshin tournament. And he, you know, really you had to really focus on those tournaments because they were doing a great job with their YouTube channel and they are posting a lot of those fights. But, of course, we all know that uh, Koya Robe was, the, or excuse me, um, Hiroya was supposed to be the one that was the golden child that was going to be the future. And you only watch the show because of him. Like, that's what you, 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 that's what they wanted you to get behind. He had the exhibition fight with Masato. He did turn out to be a good fighter. It just took him a while to get there. But season one, first time ever, was won by Masaki Noi. And he really put on a great show, showed a lot of good skill, and he just kept getting better throughout the years. He had the boxing uh, that, that developed. He had the low kick game because he's got the mix of, of Dutch style uh, combination kicks, but he also plays with the Kyokushin uh, kicks. Um, the speed of it, his low kick endurance, like you've almost never hurt, seen him hurt by low kicks. He's had mental lapses here and there where he's, you know, he's got some couple stoppage losses, losses or losses. But man, man, is this kid talent. And I remember catching up real early on. And then I got the wonderful pleasure of at the time they're doing a good job of posting some of his fights as he was kind of moving up the ranks. And it just kept getting to YouTube. And I was like, this is my son. So you'll always hear me talk about Koya Robe, Misaki Nori. And Iman Barlow. I say those are my three kids in the in the kickfighting world. And um, now here we are. I'm an old man. They're older. Uh, all of them late twenties and early thirties. Uh, but like um, they've made fantastic runs. They've made fantastic careers. And Masaki Nori winning four fights last year, winning a three man tournament, stopping all three guys in the tournament, getting a knockdown in the other fight. It's not just that he put together the resume, uh, but stopping guys is very, very important to me. His commitment to kickboxing is very important to me. Uh, we're losing guys to boxing and MMA, and he's just committed to, hey, I'm the best in the world at this or one of the best in the world at this. I'm going to keep making and building my name here. So it's awesome to see. 
Masaki Nori was my fighter of the year. Uh, my female fighter of the year went to Janet Todd, uh, who is an exceptional talent. Um, uh, she has really gravitated towards the pro style so well. Um, now, again, I remember her. Uh, if my if my teams actually originally, I was supposed to be in. Um, I was supposed to be in Denver because I had two guys that I, I were, were going to try to make the IFMA national team for the USA, but I wasn't able to do it. One, you know, one of the guys got injured and the other guy didn't have enough fights for his weight bracket. But like uh, one of the better early stars would be Janet Todd. You know, Janet Todd, Jackie Bunton, same coach. Uh, she got a pro opportunity and she did exceptionally well. But the important thing was one championship felt this is the girl. And they got behind her and they've given her fights. And she's got stoppage victories and she's she's clean and technical and she knows the game. She's such a such a talented fighter. So she only went 2-0 last year, but that's still more than Anissa Mexin only had one fight. Amon Barlow only had one fight. Um you know, Jackie Bunton had two, if I, if I remember correctly. Uh, but, like, the fact that she's the champion and she defended and her two fights came within the same month, if I remember correctly. I, I think it was right around the time that the TNT deal with one championship had happened. And I think she fought in the first one and then the last one. But congratulations to her. She's super talented. Um, that switch kick stoppage um, uh, over uh, Hockstead, if I remember the name correctly. She's just a talent. She's super, super... You are watching the sport at its best when you watch her perform. Uh, she brings a technical uh, kickboxing style. Her lean back, her her choice of combination, the way that she uses her hands. She's okay in a clinch, but you almost never see her clinch work. She mostly beats people with kickboxing in space. Super talented. Definitely well deserved it of my 2021 Female Fighter of the Year. As for Fight of the Year, I mean... There were a lot of good options. Uh, I went ahead and I usually put up more than one. I usually want to give people kind of a, a good scale of what I thought um, constituted the fight of the year and kind of arguments for them. Uh, one of the big ones that I always think of is, and I won't talk about all the ones that I put down, but I was really, really a big time fan of just the feel of the Rico Verhoeven versus Ben Sadiq fight. Now, it shouldn't be noted, Ben Sadiq did take it on short notice. That was supposed to be over him. But the story that's told in just that short period of time is what made that fight so good. You know, just the fact that um, it started off with a, you know, usual Sadiq hunting for the, the power shot. Rico playing with a lot more boxing than his low kicks. Uh, then eventually he gets knocked down. I think the first knockdown was missed, if I remember correctly. And then they go into the exchange, and then he goes down again. Uh, I think he's knocked down twice. And it's looking like it's all been Sadiq. But again, he uses so much power, and he goes for the kill. But then just simple jab disruption of some of the combos that Sadiq was doing and then Badahari, he or excuse me uh, Rico Verhoeven if there's one thing I could tell you about Rico Verhoeven uh, that you'd seen in the Badahari fight that you've seen in the uh, Ben Sadiq fights his heart is not in question if he has any life in him at all he's going to get back up and he's going to fight but because he's the best in the world he's going to get back up and be back in the fight so it's not like he's up just throwing haymakers to try to change the tide no when he gets up He's throwing that heat, and uh, he did a great job of 
turning the, the, the pace of the fight around, getting into his combo game, and then all of a sudden you could see Sadiq start to waver. Uh, he gets a knockdown call on Sadiq. Uh, and then uh, Sadiq, uh, shortly afterwards, I want to say early in the third, was pretty much stopped on his feet, laying on the ropes. He sat in the corner and he didn't answer the corner and they called the fight. It's just the excitement and the feel of the room when that was going on. So just just big time action there. Um Fun fight, and again, as I mentioned before, there were a lot of good options in that year. Another one I was thinking of, uh, even though it didn't deliver in terms of like, uh, it had a awesome back and forth, knockdowns, whatever, but the importance of Takaru Leona Pettis had the same feel that I had when I was watching the Badahari Rico Vahirin, Rico Vahirin versus Ben Sadiq. The fact that the the tension, the crowd, the, that really makes things very, very big. And I thought that this one was, even though Takuru was, again, they're banging it out. Uh, he really got going with the calf kicks as opposed to your normal leg kick to the thigh. That that affected Pettis, um, made Pettis go to boxing, and then it got him into firefights. And Takuru, if there's one thing that you don't want to do with him is you don't want to get into the firefight. But he obliged him, and they put on an awesome show, and they are beating, beating each other up. And then Takuru gets knocked down. They uh, uh, round ends. They go into round two. Uh, they go back into it. And then in one of the knockdowns, uh, Pettis is hurt, goes down. The ref gets in but doesn't get in there quick enough, and Takuru gets another shot. Um Pettis still tried to recover, but I think he was still hurt even before that, you know, kind of uh, punch after the knockdown, if you will. And then when they went back to work, Takuru gets the stoppage. He's an awesome, awesome, all-action guy. The fact that him and Tension's finally going to happen this summer just blows me away. It scares me because it's far enough away for me to think that something could happen and it might not happen, but it really, really is special. Um, Tension Nasakura, uh, uh, Nasakawa mentioned it. He said that other people were trying to get him, you know, some fights and the conversation with Glory came up, which I confirm was true, that they were trying to get something going for him, but it just didn't happen. It just didn't happen. And, and I'm hoping he still gets one more before this, but it looks like both guys are just fully getting ready for a super huge show this summer. Um, and with COVID going, you know, numbers going down, um, I'm hoping that this is just all action and what I want to see. So Takura Leona Pettis, another one of the fights that I had on Fighter of the Year. Um, uh, KG uh, Rio is, uh, excuse me, uh, KG versus uh, Ataka Rio is another uh, fight that I had on there. And then Vitor Tafanelli uh, against um, Hayashi Tenta. Kenta was probably the fight that offered the most knockdown action. I believe Vitor knocked him down twice and then Hayashi continued to win and knock him down three times as the rounds went on to get the stoppage. It was really, really great stuff. Um, comeback of the year, no doubt, no question, no no argument against this. Badahari versus, uh, I always mess, uh, mess, his, mess his name up, but um, Andres uh, Worswick, I believe is his last name, or believe how his name is pronounced, even though I could totally be wrong. But... Um, he, that comeback, uh, and again, it, it was in my fight of the year. Excuse me. I believe it's pronounced Akedzik. Maybe that's wrong. Uh, uh, Warzik, that fight was all Badahari. Beating him, dropped him with vintage Badahari. Uh, Badahari at his best is one-two switch kick. 
jab, low kick, just beating people with speed. And then when you go to the ropes, he lets go violent hands, a skill that he's had since early, early in his career. If you see him when he fought around 90 kgs, uh, he was fighting heavyweights. The thing that made him special is he's just so violent. He was trying to kill people. Like he wasn't conscious of he could get knocked out. He just went out there and let his hands go. So for him to get in there and uh, do what he's do, he everything was on script. And then all of a sudden, a pretty much a survival high kick with the lead left leg, just caught Bader right in the temple. Perfect mark, KO victory. Uh, awesome stuff. Um, it's it's such a chilling thing to experience and to watch. But Bader's the man. They're doing the rematch next week, and we'll see what happens. But he really was dominating as much as you could dominate a fight. And then all of a sudden, wham! Good good shot, good score. Last moment I'm going to put on here uh, is the other unchallenged, 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 unchallenged KO of the year and moment of the year. Superbond stops Petrosian. Um, it was pretty much body kick, body kick, and the third one was a high kick that landed absolutely perfect, knocking Petrosian out. Uh Petrosian is such a skilled, talented kickboxer uh, who is, he's just got that aura. And even though I had Superbon up a little bit in the fight, which just shows how talented Superbon is, Petrosian is still that dude. And he he's pretty much on, now he got into glory, or excuse me, the K1 towards the end of K1. So he won the last two K1 World Grand Prix. Um, but in particular, he got there after a lot of those guys had already, you know, had so many wars together. Petrosian didn't get them at their height. He got most of them on their the the second half of their careers, uh, kind of on the way down. Um, the Bukau fight, of course, was the draw. A uh, very, very close fight there. Uh, a fight that, you know, you talk to different people that look back on it differently. But, you know, the Bukau fight was there. But outside of that, that draw, you could make the argument that other than the Andy Risty loss, he hasn't lost, you know, and really that's what everyone remembers. You know, the uh, when he lost in the promotion a couple years ago, they called it a no contest and did the fight over with. Like Petrosian kind of had this aura and this protection in the company. So you almost wonder if a stoppage like this had to happen for him to lose because there have been other fights, you know, uh, the Ekaterina um, Vendor Even fight recently uh, where she went against, I want to say it was Supergirl. She should have won that fight. I think most people feeling on the cards. But when the uh, and then the promoter comes out and says, um, well, uh, I agree that was one sided. Ekaterina should have won for sure. But he didn't reverse the decision for Petrosian. He reversed the decision, which no one should have the power to do. That's a fighting only a, a, a commission entity should be able to do that. So Petrosian came into this super talented, people wondering if he's not necessarily protected in terms of who he fought, but did he have the promotion behind him? Was there a guy who they wanted to keep in that championship fold? Turns out it wouldn't matter because him and Superbomb put on a great fight. There were some really good moments, but the finishing sequence is an all-time sequence and I will never, ever, ever forget it. Just body kick, and then the return, then body kick, and then the return from Petrosian, and then head kick, and it just caught him as clean as you could be. I mean, a cleaner knockout you're ever going to see. I've seen head kick knockouts for years and years and years, like more than I can recall or remember. I will never forget this one because who you do it against matters. And Georgia Petrosian was a guy who's only, even the stoppage that he had, most people missed it because the punch that hurt him 
uh, wasn't the last punch thrown. He's hurt and he's in trouble. And uh, Andy Rissy threw one more kind of kill shot and it just missed. Petrosian was winning before that. This one, Superbon was in control just a little bit, not much. I'd say he's a little ahead. Petrosian was still right in there looking for his offense, and then boom, just as awesome a KO as you're ever going to see. So just wanted to do that real quick, tell you guys, you know, my fights of the year. It was really cool to see Gokan Saki return to kickboxing. It was really cool to see Chingiz Alzov uh, and his fight year, Nikki Holtzkin and Jiang Wei Parr, um, just because of the nostalgia, the fight was very, I thought, leaned very much towards Nikki, but it's cool to see John Wayne at this stage of his life and his career going, you know, 45 or going on 45, um, announced that next week's going to be his final fight. Um, it was cool. It was cool to see this, that the, these guys had this kind of run and um, uh, to see some old faces return to kickboxing and just some of the KOs that we had in the year. Always really, really fun. Um, new stars emerging. Always very important. Uh, Cedric Dombe, of course, goes into MMA after beating Grunhardt earlier in the year. So happy for Cedric. But at the same time, also extremely happy for, um, you know, uh, uh, glory kind of preparing itself, you know, with Hamicha, you know, and his awesome KO ability and just new stars. Like that's just, that will always be the sport. We always want to know what's next and who's coming next. And it was, uh, uh, a interesting year. Fans returning a little bit this year, more events this year. Uh, clearly we, we, we don't have anything that, you know, given us the buzz of, the K1 World Grand Prix. So hopefully something like that can happen at some period of time, but we have had some fun fights. Um, Bastati, he became the glory champion. Another new, you know, young champion, of course, I told you. Vise becoming the middleweight champion, um, stopping Bulgari, and that's extremely important. So uh, Artem Vakadov, something we're about to get into right now. Um, we got some old and we got some new. We got some regulars, and that's kickboxing at its best. So, going to go ahead and get into some recent kickboxing Muay Thai action. This one is actually kind of, uh, it's, well, <laughs> it's something to say the least. It's just been announced that, uh, and I'll read the statement. Due to recent developments in the world, Luis Tavares, Luis is fighting for the, glo uh, the Glory Light Heavyweight Championship next week, um, has decided not to compete against Artem Vakadev at G80. We respect Luis' decision and look forward to seeing him in Glory ring soon. Artem Vakadev has cooperated fully with Glory on all provisions that will be necessary for him to compete March 19th, and he will face heavyweight contender Tariq uh, uh, Babez, and a catchweight bout. So the events of the world are affecting the kick fighting sport. So uh, this also happened in um, one championship. One championship has removed the uh, rushing fighters uh, who some of them have already gone out to Singapore, um, but they decided they were going to remove the Russian fighters. And it is unfortunate for those fighters because I don't, you know, we can't make them responsible for what's going on in the world. But, uh, they decided to make the decision to, in this world's landscape where so many people and businesses are pulling out of relationships with Russia because of invading Ukraine, um, 
it's now affecting the athletes. And clearly the athletes, they didn't sign up for this. They just wanted to go out and prove that they were the best fighters in the world. And uh, they have great fighters and great talent. Um, all of them do have a reverence and a, a love and respect for, you know, Putin, their leader. I should mention that. Like, it's, it's very important to them. Uh, and that doesn't necessarily mean that they are all in favor of going to Ukraine because Putin's in favor of going to Ukraine. Uh, the stuff and the things that they are dealing with in that part of the world, it's different. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's um, uh, the community is different. The way the world is and the old USSR and all that other kind of stuff. It's trickling its way down into the combat sports world, as you can see it in soccer, and you can see it in people just pulling out of their relationships there. And it seems like Artem Vakadov just a sportsman that wanted to compete, defend his title. So it's unfortunate that that doesn't get to happen. Um, I was surprised that Luis Suarez would take that decision because, you know, we're talking about the championship of the world. If anything, motivate him more to go out there and get a victory and say, you know, we got this win over, you know, whatever your political, political lenience are. But... Really good stuff uh, in terms of them finding a replacement uh, and letting him compete. Don't know what the crowd reaction is going to be because it's going to be a sold-out building. But um, Fakadov, who I have you know spoken to before, is just really, really awesome. Like, like he's he's been nice and he speaks enough English for you to have a good back and forth. And and him and uh, um, uh, Daniel Younga put on one of the better kickboxing fights I've ever seen in my life when I was there live in Glory Denver. So hopefully this works out. And uh, you know, I don't know how long the Russian Ukraine thing's going to last. It seems like it's more starting than ending so which is sad but uh unfortunately it has affected um sorry I had to cut my phone off real quick unfortunately it had affected the kickboxing world and champion artem vakadov who's now in a catchweight bout next i want to go ahead and do some uh one championship results uh i'm starting off with my daughter so i talked about it Amon barlow gets a victory over daniela lopez uh she also earns the 50k bonus She's out there doing great. She's landing the uh, her body kicks, her usual kickboxing game. She's super talented, very strong. So she's going out there and everything is going as scripted. But early in the fight, she shot a daggering elbow and it scored, but it didn't have uh, the huge facial um uh, implications that we would see in the elbow that happened later in that round. But it con continued to go to work. Amon landed a huge elbow, uh, so much so that Lopez grabbed her and they kind of spun around and fell on the ground. And then once they got to the feet, the referee checked it out. Cut and gash was wide enough. They decided to stop the fight. Amon Barlow gets the victory. And on top of getting the victory, they gave her the 50K bonus of what she was extremely excited about. Next up, we have Liam Nolan as he runs through uh, Kim Kyuk Luck with a... Very good straight left hand that got him hurt. Uh, got another hook in there. Did some boxing to get himself into the clinch knee. And then he finished with power left knees to stop the fight. Uh, always cool to see Liam Nolan go out and do good stuff and get good victories. Um, we want to see more of that in the combat sports world. I want to see more elite, talented uh English Muay Thai fighters getting those opportunities uh, and it shows up more so when they're not fighting someone from Thailand but uh, it shows up enough when they fight guys from Thailand and when they fight someone who's also from the east but not necessarily from uh, Thailand they usually do extremely well and he put in a great showcase here. 
I'm going to go ahead and mention some of the names that I talked about earlier. Uh, I've got the list here. The sanctions by, uh, this is uh, via Beyond Kickboxing. Go ahead and check them out on Twitter. Sanctions by Singaporean Government Continue. Uh, Alvarado Ram Ramazanov, excuse me, Ramazanov uh, is out of this fight. Uh, Felipe Lopez instead takes on Nong O oh for the Bantamweight Championship. Also, Islam Mortezev. Uh, 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 is uh, his fight against Nikki Holtzkin is called off. Nikki has no replacement as of yet, so hopefully they can figure that out. But Islam really had a really good fight when he fought uh, for the. I'm pretty sure it was him when he fought for the title um, earlier this year. I want to say that was January. Um, so it would have been cool to see that fight happen. Um, but unfortunately, that is the state of the world, and it is going to trickle down and affect other people. So um, that's where we stand, and hopefully. Uh, this period of time will end and these athletes will get back to fighting. Going to go ahead and do one more kickboxing result. Um, Ishmael Lant is stopped by Araj Azizapur. So Azizapur is interesting. So I've always wondered how his kickboxing style is going to show up. Because he's done good in IFMA. He's done great in the IFMA games. And um, uh, I think he had a gold medal run and a silver medal run if i remember correctly i could be wrong on that but i think so i know he had one really really deep uh into the term anyways uh he gets into a fight with ishmael lot and he's able to stop ishmael lot with uh the short hooks that he throws and he's a talented kid this dude is talented and um i shouldn't say kid because he's you know in his 30s but like he just hasn't put together a good run after getting a victory like this so right now you get a stoppage victory on this stage he needs to be calling out some of the better guys in the division and see if we can move him and do something with him right now he's you know he's good and he'll put on a good fight but man to to be champion for people then to, to give notice to even any championship so for for example one championship i think people care more about the women's stand-up titles than the men's stand-up titles because there's some buzz behind janet todd there's some buzz behind stamp there's some buzz behind jackie button and now Iman barlow and now you know nissa maxson had her fight last year there is more feel for their fights coming up the thing we need from uh, Azizpor is that he's going to have to be a part of that movement. Maybe they need a heavyweight Grand Prix. We need some stuff. So hopefully it all works out and uh, we will um, see more from these talented athletes moving down the road. So next week should be a, a good one. We're, we're having some things uh, uh, come into play and we've got some good fights coming up and uh uh, I'll go ahead and end the show on that moment, but uh, I'm going to keep coming back. I'm going to keep doing kickboxing and keep giving you guys good podcasts about the sport. Uh, next week, I'm hoping to get someone on to give you guys a run about the IFMA games. And um, I'm going to do a lot more interviews this year, but the kickboxing podcast is back. Thanks for listening and God bless.